Looking for your next holiday? Maybe a long weekend with your mates? Or really need to get to the next game? Then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com.au forward slash Rabbitohs and use the promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on selected hotels. Conditions apply. What if? It's Aussie for travel. Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while. But Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel. I'm joined by two former Rabbitohs. Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are we all? Oh, mate, fantastic. Coming off a, a 60-point touch-up up there at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, there was what we scored, 11 tries. But we'll, we'll talk about that one a bit later. Yeah, fantastic winner. Yeah, it's always good when you put 60 on any opposition. And they leaked a couple of tries, but it was very enjoyable to watch. Some of the footy was outstanding. Our back three, but like you said, We'll talk about it in a little while. So how's lockdown? In lockdown there, boys? Yeah, how's been lockdown? Doing, been? Um, yeah. Myself, I've been brewing beer. Mammy um, made, made uh, Kev. Did the proper go. Went over to this place, bought the grains, the hops, all the yeast. It's taken about a month. Had to buy a keg, set it all up. And mm. geez, they tasted good. They tasted good yesterday in our Rabbitohs Radio mugs, I tell you, boys. Sent me for yeah, six, but anyway. I spoke to you yesterday, chaps, and uh, you were in the process of setting it all up. And uh, I'm sure you would have had a couple yesterday, but um, game game ready. Yeah, you posted ready. The, the keg. The keg's there. Very, very, very good. Very color, mate. <laughs> well, I can't believe it came uh, out on social media. But uh, yeah, look, it's uh, I'm very fortunate that the Olympics have just started, and it's given us something to watch throughout the day now and cheer on all the Aussies. I've just seen uh, the Aussie girls just won gold in the uh, medley swimming. So, yeah, well, while it's uh, business as usual for us, it's uh, a little bit to watch on the TV throughout the day. That's great. So, great for me to watch surfing. You know, like I grew up with surfing, skateboarding, did all that. The only thing's not there is rugby league, but... You know, I'm, I'm glad to see them up in lights. They're great athletes, these skateboarders and surfers. And you, you get a chance to watch a few of the other ones. We've been watching really the Aussie men's soccer team. They were, they were fantastic the other night. They beat Argentina, two block. Could have been bigger, actually. Mm. Could have been a bigger result. Yeah, so we're in lockdown and we're doing the show via Zoom. If you're listening to this, where you can watch it on our Rabbitohs TV YouTube channel as well. But And we've also been doing some fanatical fan Friday vids. And we did Rebecca Eakin and her brother Mick Westcott on Friday, and that was a good one. Thank you for coming on, and they do love the show and have been listening for since we began, and we've got some more planned each and every week. We're premiering them at 7.30, and you can come on and live chat with us, and we do need you to subscribe to our channel so that we can eventually go live and do our Fanatical Fan Fridays live with people interacting, asking us questions, asking the fans questions. So that's something to look forward to. 
But let's get on with the show. John Beck, what, 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 what great supporter she is, yeah. not only of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but of the podcast, like you said, Mavo, and hails all the way from Port Macquarie, and quite often she travels down to the games when you can go and watch the games. Obviously, you can't um, go to the games uh, in today's world and society, but um, what a great supporter of the show she is and, and the Mighty Rabbitohs. It was a great chat with her and Mick uh, last week and, and they're as passionate as anyone you're ever going to come across. And they had a great grand final story. So jump on YouTube, Rabbitohs TV, and make sure you have a look at that, boys. We might get straight on to what's on the show. Just before I kick that off, he's never asked what sort of beer it is. It's CPA, boys, Chappie Pale Ale. Look, look out, it might, might be in um, stores near you. Anyway, we'll recap that big win over the Warriors where we uh, put 82 points on the board. We have a chat to former Rabbitoh, David Boyle. Our Remembering a Rabbitoh this week is former Premiership winning player, played for the Kangaroos, Gary Stevens. We also preview that clash next week against the Dragons up there in Rockhampton. Anyway, my daughter's in here. What are you after here, darling? Oh. Yep, beautiful. She's after the scissors. But anyway, move on. That's all right. We'll take us through the game recap, chaps. Yeah, well... Obviously, uh, looked like a beautiful day up there. Speaking of my cousins, who, who sent us a couple of pictures here, Mavo, Jane Kearns and Jenny Senior, my auntie. And they said it was a fantastic um, day up there. The, the surfers, the boys played well. Um, and what, what a win, 60 points to 22. It's, was it, the fourth time in the history of this club we've, we've, we've reached 60 points. 11 tries. It was outstanding, boys. And there was a couple of little blemishes there. We fell asleep before half-time a little bit, and they went bang-bang and put a couple of tries on. But what a performance, Brandon. Yeah, it definitely was, chaps. It was a great way to bring up uh, seven wins in a row. And like you said, uh, the Warriors got off to a bit of a flyer. They scored a try against the run of play when Cody was... I think he was probably looking for Latrell sweeping out the back, and the ball just went to ground and... Uh, the Warriors scooped it up and scored. But then, um, you know, we went on a bit of a, a scoring spree. We, I think we scored about six tries in, you know, 25 minutes. And um, what a great performance it was. All set up by our forwards, I thought. I thought they, you know, laid a really, really strong platform. We were charging up the middle. You know, we are making 70, 80 metres every time we, we got the ball. And, um, you know, great performance from our forwards. Even though the back scored a lot of tries on the edges, I thought, uh, you know, our big men up front and our edges were really strong. Mavo? Well, there was so much to like about the performance, wasn't there? And let's just go through a few of the points. Big Tommy scored a double. And then his try celebration was, he did the he did the Wim Hof and the Fox callers weren't sure what it was. and But we knew Chaps and Brownie because we saw him he told us on the press conference that he said, if I get a chance, I might do the, the ice man. And I know you're an ice man, man. And I just watched a bit of his video and there's a lot to be, there's a lot in that, the cold water stuff, you know, like it's, you can heal cancers and all sorts of stuff. So anyway, so we posted that up for Tommy and congratulations on that. But also Tom and the goat are the only two players, the goat being, as we all know, Mark Nichols, the only two players to play every game this year. So that was good. But their back three, our back three were sensational. Keon Kalamatongi again. Jaden Silver playing out of his skin. And our boy Cameron. Both played 80 minutes. Yep, yep. Over 200 metres. Jaden two tries. Keon one, could have scored a second, was nothing in it. 
And Cameron again, running the ball, making 100 tackles, always been in the line, quick play the balls. You know, he got up once and he was an error because he was trying to play the ball quick, but we can forgive him for that. But yeah, so many good things. Paulo, Jackson Paulo, the rock star and the source, both played well, both scored tries. The source a double, he hit back, he's back, just where we want him to be. So that was good. So we lost a couple of players. We lost Campbell Graham and we lost AJ, but then those two guys come in and score tries. And I think that our guest from last week, uh, Tane Milne, he held his own in the centres. A couple of people said, oh, he's not really a centre, but he didn't do anything wrong. Did his job there. So, But also the Tari Ferrari. How good was Latrell Mitchell? And people were saying to me at work today, what about the flick pass? And what about that pass? And what about how keen he is at the moment with that try where he just got the ball and barged under? Japs, what, what was a good display all across the park? Oh, that, that, um, that offload just was unbelievable. Two or three blokes on him, fallen to the ground, had no vision at all. Just flicked it out the back there to Cam Murray to dive over. It was uh, pretty special. I mean, it's, you know, you might see a bloke like Sonny Bill Williams do something like that, but there's not too many people in the game that can pull off a pass like that, Brown. Mate, it was intentional. It wasn't if he just passed it out the back for luck. He knew Cameron no. was there um, before he went into the tackle. Uh, obviously, in, in a lot of traffic, surround, you know, he had three players had hold of him and he just flicked it around the back and... Really, that was, um, you know, it was just a, what the day was all about. You know, we were in total control for the whole game. The Warriors just had no answer for our power game. And just our halves, I just want to touch on our halves. And we, and we do it every week. Cody and Renault, um, their pass selection when we go to our shapes is just spot on every time. You know, whether it be an inside ball, whether it be a long ball, you know, out the back, our lead runner, every time... We go to our shape. They seem to take the right option every time. And, and there's no any, there's no halves in the competition that are in form like our halves. Uh, you know, you can give me Cleary and Luai, but their combination together is outstanding. And, you know, it's probably, you know, a lot of the reason why uh, we put on 60 points. But, you know, like we just indicated before, the forwards have got to take a big rap for yesterday's performance. Adam Reynolds, we talked all day about Cody Walker, but Adam Reynolds yesterday was outstanding. Just some of those little dummies back on the inside, holding holding the defence up and then out the back for a two-on-one for Cody. And I'm not underplaying what Cody does, that the catch and pass, but some of the work on the inside but Adam Reynolds yesterday was just was unbelievable. Just, oh, some just on little, that, Nice little kicks too, Brownie, just to repeat sets. Um, his selection, kick selection was outstanding as well. Um, off the back yeah. of the power game, like you said, and we haven't mentioned the bench. Jai Arrow, he just never stopped all game. And, and Paddy Mango, 27 minutes, and he had one error. In 27 minutes, he's, he's punched out a buck 63, boys, off the bench. He's a powerful unit, this Paddy Mango. He was good. Yeah, he definitely is. There was a run there in the second half where he uh, he was unstoppable. Uh, you know, just pushing players off. And, and he showed a little bit of toe and a little bit of footwork. But, um, yeah, like our, our bench was, they brought energy, you know, on, when they came on the field and just going back to Renault chaps, I just want to break down. I think it might've been, uh, might've been Cameron Murray's trial, maybe one of the Burgess's try, but a couple of tackles before it was an unbelievable piece of play where he showed inside and went out. He even filled me at, uh, at home watching it on TV. I thought he was going to give the ball inside for sure. Mm. Uh, just the way he sold it inside and I think he gave it to a, a lead runner in Jaden Sewer who 
sort of like half went through a gap, but mate, Reno is, uh, look, we're, we're losing him, but what a player he is. He's just instrumental in everything that we do in, in our attack. And another bloke we didn't mention, the other member of our superstar spine, the beach sprinter. He had a fair game too. He was everywhere. Oh, Damien Cook. Three try assists, Damien Cook. There was one there where they kept picking on poor old Reese Walsh. If he was sitting in the line, he turned around and just, just give a little come underneath me to um, Tommy Burgess. He jumped out, turned Tommy underneath him. Good luck, Reese Walsh, stopping Tom Burgess from two or three metres out with a head of steam. And yeah. the big fella, he got a got a couple of rewards for once, big Tommy, with a couple of tries. And good luck to him. He's been outstanding this year. And I think they said that Joey Johns says that when we play in the daytime, we're almost unbeatable, and it turned out to be right. And look at the Dragons next week, because we play the same time, 3 p.m. Saturday. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's move on to... Going back to what you said, Maeve, about uh, Damian Cook, the game was really suitable for Cookie to have a a really big game, wasn't it? We had really good go forward. Uh, We're making plenty of yards up the middle that, you know, the Warriors were forever on the back foot. And once that happens, and Cookie goes... He just took off that many times. I don't know how many run meters. Uh, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but and how many runs that Cookie had, but probably one of his best games uh, this year, I reckon, Damian Cook. Oh, for sure. And all of our... Yeah, yeah, 100, 100. 140. 141 yeah. meters out of dummy half. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, what about injuries, boys? We haven't spoken about that, but Adam Rell's been off early and Braden Burns went into halfback for that last 20 minutes. He put a couple of kicks in off Burns. He... He's pretty handy, old Burnsy. But um, yeah, I, I mean, was it just precautionary? Uh, we put the we sort of contact the club. Haven't got anything back yet, uh, Mavo. And what about Cody Walker? Looked like he was favouring a an ankle, possibly. Yeah, well, we'll find out a bit later in the week, and maybe if, when we do our regular later in the week show, we might have a chat about it then. So can we move on to Rabbitohs news now, boys? Are you happy? Well. It's a good win. You want to keep talking about it? Oh, mate. Oh, it's a, it's a, we're happy to go back and forth. It's okay. We're, we're doing it by one quick one, mate. We one haven't got our usual one, dynamic that we have when we're in the studio because if you're listening now and watching, we use, we have, over the two years, we've worked out how we can signal each other. And it's a little bit different like this, but, hey, it's all good. We're in a COVID pandemic and we're still trying to bring you the best show we can. There he is. It was, it was a bit of payback, Mavo, from 2006 yesterday and... I was out at a game where we got beaten 66-0 by the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Stephen Price-led Warriors where he ran for an NRL record at the time, 323 metres in the front row. Wow. And I stayed with a final whistle. And I think wow. 20 minutes into the game, 20 minutes into the game, South was slowing the clock down already. We're down 20-something-nil. <laughs> it was a long afternoon. So it was a bit of sweet yesterday to put 60 on the Warriors. Steve Price, a good name anyway. Let's move on to Rabbitohs News, brought to you by the Genius Gripper Clubs. The Rabbitohs home away from home, the place to play while the bunnies are away. And I think they're still closed. The doors are still shut. So let's hope we can get this coronavirus under control, the Delta strain, the dreaded Delta strain, just like the lethal left, it's the dreaded Delta. But the big news is, Brownie, breaking news on Cameron Murray, your favourite player. Yeah, it looks like he's been charged for a crusher tackle uh, in yesterday's game, and he's set to miss two weeks if he takes the early guilty plea. I can't recall the tackle, really. I um, have to go back and watch the replay of of the game to, to really find it. But, look, uh, two weeks off if he takes the early guilty plea. 
you know, is it going to affect us? I think we've got the depth there to cover Cameron, even though he is a big part of our, of what we do. And every week we we talk about Cameron, how well he's played, and um, you know he's usually in you know the top one or two players every week that he takes the field. But I think he, uh, I think you know the rest are doing good um, come the back end of the season when the whips are cracking. Well, we might have to fight it first. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. We might fight that one and get off. I mean, Cam Murray, he don't, he's not a dirty player. He's got a dirty bone in his body, but I'm sure they might be able to wrangle their way around that one, boys. Yep. There was one bit of dirty play there, I thought, from Matt Lodge when he, he dropped the knee straight into, I think it might have been Cameron Murray. Yeah, right on the Jets. Yeah, it was pretty oh, awesome. Yeah, straight on it was on Thomas. But the good one thing about Matt Lodge, I like, he's very consistent with his dirty play. You've got to go say that. <laughs> well, he didn't have much impact yesterday. They were getting too busy getting hammered. So, also, Bob McCarthy just had an operation on his neck. I think we mentioned it before on the show. But shout out to you, mate. Get well soon. Legend of the club. He's been on the show too. Good to get him back yeah, on. Because get well, Macca. What we a champion fella he is. You're champion. We Legend. shared the interview that you guys did in the, the Coogee Cafe and it was a bit noisy and it was one of your very first interviews. It'd be good to get him back on and you know, maybe in this format or in the studio down the track. The other big news... He's got news, some wonderful stories. Yes, sorry. The other big news is that Jaden's confirmed to be signed with the Dragons now. Dane Gagai off to the Knights and Reno obviously going to Broncos. So, look, three of our big stars, their future's settled for next year. So now we can settle in and play the rest of the season. And it looks like Jaden, he's, you know, he had one of his best games yesterday. So maybe that's, a, you know, it's lifted off his shoulders... And, oh, you know, Gagai, Dane broke the news to the, the boys on the bus. So, yeah, it's, it's, it is big news at the club. I think, it's, I think it's great news for everyone all around. Like you said, Mavo, uh, for the club, that, um, you know, and, and the players themselves. It, it's, a, it's a load off their mind. They don't have to worry about where their future lies. They know, uh, you know, that they're not going to be at the club next year and, and they can get on with their job in trying to win a premiership this year. There's going to be some fairy tales at the end of the year if we can win a premiership. Obviously, our skipper and our premiership winning halfback, Renault, he'll be leaving at the end of the season. Imagine if he can win a grand final. Wayne Bennett, the first coach to win three grand finals at different clubs. Geez, there's a lot of fairy tales to be told at the end of this season. I found it, um, and obviously Wayne broke both of them. Wayne broke the news about Jaden Sewell confirming it, and and that was a former club that he coached at, St George Illawarra. And the other one was he pretty much broke the news at the press conference about Dane Gagai, and he coached them as well, the Newcastle Knights. So there's a bit of <laughs> bit of irony there. I'm not sure whether you want to look too far into that, but um, yeah, yeah I mean, good good luck to the guys. I think obviously Dane Gagai's parents live in Newcastle. He's got a home up there. He got a three-year deal. South only offered him the one-year deal. So good luck to Dane. He's been outstanding the past couple of years. And I think this year has probably been arguably one of his best years in his career. Just uh, just on signing news, hopefully uh, the Rabbitohs have got something up their sleeve. We haven't heard anything in terms of players being signed, but surely to God there's got to be somebody coming uh, to replace, you know, uh, you know, three of our highest-paid players uh, from the club. So... Uh, if you read between the lines what Joe O'Callaghan said on the show last week, that there might be some signing news coming in the future. So, well, I believe there is something coming. Not too far around the corner, so we'll just have to be patient for that. And we spoke to Sutto this week on Rabbitohs TV. 
Liam Mavo, and he's going to come on and give us a give us some of his time each week. And and Mavo asked him about who would he like to see replace Renault next year, which is a always a, a hot topic on all those social medias. And and he threw out Dean Hawkins. He, he said, oh, I'd like to see him get an opportunity. He, he's got a great kicking game, a good defender. So if you get a chance, jump on and have a listen to, to that one on, on our YouTube channel and you can hear what Sato had to say. And he had a fair bit to say about the Warriors too. He, he spoke about a memory from 2014 against the Warriors. It's a good one to have a look at. Mm. Young Dean Hawkins is managed by another former rabbit himself, Tyron Smith. And I'm pretty sure that Dean Hawkins is not signed at the club next year, chaps. Um, hopefully, well, negotiations the are I believe the Tigers, are, the Tigers have put an offer in, so let's see if he can, yeah. the South Sydney can hold on to him. I know he wouldn't want to leave anyway. Mm. He's a local boy, and uh, but he just he just wants a, a bit of an opportunity. And I'd like to see him get a go. All the all the times I've seen him play, he's a he's a tough little defender. He's he's getting in front of them big back rolls all day. Great kicking game. Got a little bit of speed too and, and can put can put you through a gap. Well, that is an open question, as I said to Sato, and watch this space because, yes, it's going to be very interesting to see who's wearing that number seven for the Bunnies next year. Now, we'll quickly move on to, we're saying farewell to Alexis Mavrantonis, the game day manager at the Rabbitohs. She's been on the show, had a chat with us, and she's taking up a position at the Sixers to manage the on-field BBL and WBBL games. So good luck, Lex in your new endeavour at the cricket. Yeah. Thanks for everything. Good for Alex. She's been great. Yeah, like you said, chaps, I'll just touch on what uh, you just said then, but she's been great for us. Uh, she's helped us immensely, you know, especially on game days uh, out there at the stadium and at Redfern Oval, um, you know, gave us plenty of support and uh, we wish her all the best in her next journey. Yes, we do. And we'll move on to Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If? It's Aussie for Travel. And there's not a lot to report because they're still shut down, but we shared an article from the New South Wales Rugby League during the week, and they hope to restart the comp on the 6th of August, which is mean to one at the moment, the way the case numbers are going. So I, I think the whole season's in extreme doubt. Anyone that recognise that? There's a lot more to worry about than lower-grade footy as far as people are, can't work. The whole of the there's means of people locked down, so that's a real remote possibility. The only uh, news we can report on the pathways is that we are getting all our old interviews up on our YouTube channel, Rabbitohs TV. I know we keep talking about it, but we love our Rabbitohs TV YouTube just like we love Rabbitohs Radio, and we want you to enjoy our content there. And we shared our Shane Manning interview from last year, and he's a good bloke, good mate of yours, chaps. And if you haven't had a listen, yeah. we'll share that on the episode webpage. Right. Great family, man, mate. He's got um, three great kids, obviously, his young bloke, Evans. Um, Pliny trade there with the Rabbitohs on, on the wing, and uh, he had a fantastic year in the SG ball. Pretty much, uh, you think he led the try scorers there with uh, a couple of big hauls. Yeah, he certainly did, chaps, and got his opportunity to play up in the jersey flag a couple of times uh, yeah. with the, uh, when the, the Rabbitohs were going through a bit of an injury crisis and and through, you know, the, the COVID and when players went into the bubble. So, yeah, no, he's a good young kid and, and a great family. Shout out to you, Seki. Legend, mate. Yeah, the Seki. Love your work, Seki. And, uh, boys, I think we're, <clears throat> we're getting on to the interview with David Boyle. We're just waiting to hear from him. Is he in the waiting room there? 
Nova? Well, I left it a bit late, so um, we'll just talk about um, a, a bit more of the uh, pathways while we're waiting. Um, I've just sent him the email, so um, yeah. So a little bit more about Evan Evan Manning. He's he's he ended up leading the try scoring in the SG Ball this year, didn't he? So he, he's he might have a future at the Rabbit. Has he signed at the with the club next year? Indeed, yeah, he's back with us next year. And at one stage, it looked like he might have been um, on the move there, but I'm, I'm sure the, the Pathways crew are happy to, to have his services next year. And we obviously we spoke to Joe during the week, and he did say that the SG Ball team is full, the whole squad's full, Brownie, and a lot of those guys are coming back. So we expect them to be right up there again when the whips are cracking yeah. that, that SG Ball. So they weren't too far away last year. Just want to get a bit of consistency, um, poor old... Tyrell Colacolo has got um, huge wraps on him. Only played the one game, had a bit of dramas with concussion early in the year. It'd be good to see him um, get a bit of game time next year, build some confidence. Yeah, well, uh, look, uh, Joe did mention last week that he's really excited about the squad next year and believes that, um, you know, they'll be better placed from uh, next year than what they were this year. So uh, really excited uh, to to watch the progress of them young kids coming through the, the grades and, and the system. And a lot of them are getting opportunities at a higher level now, such as young David Mawali, who was named in the 21 only a couple of weeks ago and is in the top 30 squad at the moment. And he's up there in the bubble. So, you know, a couple of injuries and David Mawali will be uh, playing first grade himself. Well, well, a lot of people are asking, uh, well, with Dan Gagai walking out the door, who's replacing him? Well, you got to you got to look at some of these younger teams, and they got some good players coming through. Josiah Karapani, who we got from New Zealand last year, looked like a power centre, left centre. He got he got a bit of explosive power, good defender. Tyrell Colacolo could be putting his hand up, possibly with a good year next year um, in the ball and the flag. And we've also got a Tane Milne, who's on the verge of re-signing. He'll be a good yeah. good bloke to get in as we as we welcome. Davey Hook Boyle, how are you, mate? Hey, doing really well, thanks. How are yeah, you? Boyle, how are you, mate? Hookie Boyle. Good, Darren. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So you know chaps well, as well, well, so yeah, we'll just, um, we'll get straight into it. Mate, if you're ready to go. Yeah, sure, certainly. Perfect, mate. So you're, you're working with the refs now, so you're at the game yesterday. There must have been a good day to watch the Bunnies put 60 on the, on the Warriors. Yeah, it was a great day. I was there the day before. It was a miserable day and a miserable crowd, but there's about 7,500 there and it was a sunny day and the boys were on fire. Yep. All right, well, we'll wind it back to the first question we asked people, mate. Where are you from? What was it like growing up there? Well, I haven't moved too far. I moved from Narrabri when I was two and lived down the south coast, a place called Lake Illawarra. And I've been travelling up now for 40 years, so... I thought petrol was tax deductible and alcohol wasn't, but I had a couple of misdemeanors there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but still travelling up most yeah. days. So how did this come about, mate, that a bloke, a young fella from down the, the gong ended up at Sydney and playing for the Bunnies? Yeah, it was a, a, a very interesting story, I guess, and I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, I was good friends with Mick Carberry and I, was, I used to train with him and um, he was a gut young gun player. And then I had an uncle that was with Newtown and he asked me to come up and trial in 81. Um, so I was running with Newtown. I dropped carbs off at 
Chalmers Street <coughs> to train and, and Terry Parker seen me, he said, oh, why don't you come and have a go with us? So I was training with <coughs> Newtown and South. Newtown Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays and South Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, and that was that's the only thing I had going for me. I was fit, I could take a hide. And so <laughs> I thought oh, I might okay to be a driver for, for Mick Carberry. So I was, it was just good luck. So, um, yeah, Bill Anderson said, listen, we're starting to do our skills soon. If you just want to train with us, we'll give you a contract. So that's all I needed. Always been a South Sydney supporter. So I thought I got hit in the ass with a rainbow. When you say a South Sydney supporter, Boyley, did you support South as a kid? I did. I did, Darren. Um, we had a, a, a training day down at Wynn Stadium, and I was fortunate enough to get Johnny Sattler. So, um, you know, it was my first contact to, to uh, an NRL player or New South Wales Rugby League player at those days, and mate, it just stuck in my head, and I just wanted to be a Rabbitoh then. Unreal. So, yeah. I always ask our guests this question. Do you remember your first great debut for South? I, I got to start in the Charity Shield. Um, and it was funny because Robert Stone, who passed away, but everybody just described him as a grub. And then um, we just kept getting replaced and Mario got replaced by his brother and wanted to bash this Robert Stone. Anyway, I got to start and I took it up in the... <laughs> off a tap kick I ran into this group of forwards and I thought oh, if this is Sydney football I'm not sure if I want it <laughs> I just thought I saw stars and man that was it Redfern Oval and, and I thought well and again just by good luck being with the Ramplings and uh, Bird and Peter Tunks and uh, and Les Davis and man that was that's all you needed it was such well, a lucky lucky to have a bunch of great guys yeah Boyle just take us through that the, the, the Charity Shield game because the game has changed so much today that it's just based around trial and, and giving young blokes yeah. a go. But back when we were playing, that Charity Shield, we trained all off-season for the Charity Shield, didn't we? It was like a, it was like a bloodbath. It was. It was. And, it was and, and I think everybody liked it that way. Uh, and it was just a done thing. You know, uh, you know if you played it, if we did play at Cogger, you'd had skull up in the tree, giving it to you, and yeah. um, and just just hate, absolute hate, um, and and just being with the guys, like you didn't want to let the team down. I, I think um, not many clubs have got it now that that team first men mentality, um, and and it's just something you wouldn't let your mates down. I remember with Les Davis and playing with him, we were down by thirty with two minutes to go, and he said, let's take some C with us. <laughs> he just wanted to square up with someone. And uh, and later on, I went to St. George after I left South to, to be a strength conditioning coach, and two guys, you'll find this funny, is um, Gordon Tallis and Jason Stevens. They both were shit scared of Les Davison because they had to play him one week against Cronulla. And yeah. the year before, I think he dropped about four of them. Yeah. Uh, and that's the spirit that South Sydney's had. And, and I think uh, it's been great. It's been great. And, and it's still there. Like, we're still mates and we catch up regularly. Uh, and it's, it's just something special. It's like a brotherhood by the sounds of it, mate. Uh, so, obviously, in those early days, when you, when you come in, you made your debut in 1982. How did they take you in, the whole group, mate? And, and how did they take you in? They just love you? Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I felt like I was really accepted. 
um, you know, we we used to stay up there on a Friday night and at the Ramplings place and steal a pillow or somewhere where it was laying around and uh, we'd go out together and, yeah, team that drank together, ate together um, and, and backed up and trained hard. It was just a, a great spirit. Uh, and it's been there all the time and it's had a big impact on me now. I've, I've worked with seven NRL clubs since I left house as, as a player um, and it just, it just instilled into you the, the camaraderie and still train hard now. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's in your blood. And we're going to touch on one of your famous tries a bit after this, but do you remember your first try for the Bunnies? You know, Mava, my average for 10 years at Football with South was 0.75 tries a year. <laughs> so I don't remember my first try, but I remember the try you're going to talk about well, in the state point. of origin, I guess. Yeah, the state, well, the first try, we'll just cover it. It was in 1983 and a 42-12 to 12 win over the Steelers, your hometown. So you probably should have remembered that one. But anyway, yeah, in 87, you scored a great runaway try and... It was at Lang Park in the 10-8 loss in the decider. What are your memories of that try in that 87 series? Uh, funnily enough, we, we practice a move at training because we had Ron Willie as a coach. You know, and he was, uh, he was great because he encouraged you to pass the ball and stuff where previous coaches, I replaced a guy, Gary Ham, very often for, because he tried to pass the ball. But we did a move and, and, and the same move happened in the game. And it was early in the game too, so yeah, to, to score a 35-metre try was pretty special, especially when you don't don't even know how to score them properly. I winded myself. Why are you talking about Origin? What were those Origin camps like, mate, in 87 back then? They, they talk about them these days, but what were they like back then for camps? Uh, even the guys that I was, you know, was in the team with, like I, I was in awe of them. Um, and then... Uh, Roycey Simmons, uh, I, I roomed with Roycey Simmons, so you couldn't get a better bloke to room with. And he was a real party guy, so he always wanted someone to go out with him, so it was me. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't want to let the, the, the room me down. So, and it was just great. And after the first state of origin, I got cut open pretty bad, and I had to get stitched up. And the, the doctor we had didn't do a real good job. So Nathan Gibbs was the doctor of the uh, under-18s or something. So he stayed back and undid the stitches and stitched them up again to fix it up. So we had to get a cab home and, uh, yeah, and we'd won and they were throwing cans and at us. And yeah, it was, it was an interesting trip home, but one of the most memorable times other than the birth of my kids. Uh, speak, uh, you just mentioned some, uh, some great players there, Boyley, you know, Roycey Simmons and Dr. Nathan Gibbs who actually played at the Rabbitohs. Um, memorable times, mate. Redfern Oval, you know, well, what does Redfern Oval mean to you? Uh, <laughs> we had some good memories and we used to sit there waiting to get strapped or rubbed and watching how many people had walked past and hit their head on the, on the beam going across. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Uh, it was pretty funny when Blakey was there and he used to move the garbage around because Mario, when we lost, used to sit next to the garbage. <laughs> and uh, and he'd move the garbage around, just little things like that. You know, when you walk in, <clears throat> ringmasters to the right, fouries to the left, and stuff like that. We're all coached by George Piggins, and what are your memories of our good man, the, the club saviour, Georgie Piggins? 
Yeah, I've got the, the utmost respect for George and what he did. And I know, you know, he took over, over the coaching and um, gave all the money to the, all the coaching staff. And he, he brought on some good good coaching staff in Bull and Frank. Um, uh, and, and, he, and he did his best. I think one of the biggest assets he did, he got Gus Gould there. And really in 86, Gus was our coach and George used to call the, the times for training. And and I think I, you know I owe a lot to go, Gus too, for um, I do all his tackling, but I'd follow him around the field. So <laughs> one day I scored two tries at Penrith, which was um, yeah put my tally up nearly to one. Um, but he, he he'd been great, and he just loved the club. And I think that was the biggest thing that because um, he dropped me three weeks in a row, and I said in the third week, oh you can't drop me, George. I made fifty five tackles. I didn't drop the ball. And if Bronco had Jura passed me, I could have won the game for you. He said, but, 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 but. He played turtle at hooker. So I got dropped again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's he just took it. It was a really competitive pack and uh, for 89. So, uh, unfortunately, we, we kept going out the back door after being the minor premiers. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we, were, all, we were all part. Well, both Mavo and I and, and yourself were part of that, that squad. Uh, in that year, it was quite disappointing. But, the, you know, the beauty for me about them early years, uh, being a young bloke, that we all used to train together uh, at Redfern Oval. Uh, you know, on any one day, there could be, you know, 40, 50 players there, uh, all three grades, training training together, you know, Monday and Wednesday night. And, and come Friday, you'd do your ball work. But just, it was a great camaraderie there and a great mateship, like you said, Boyle. We used to go out together. We used to drink together. And, just great friendships, and we've got friends for life over it. Yeah, yeah, we do, Darren. And um, I remember you guys. I remember marvelous Maven with his dives, and you know the the old cricket ground. Um, you know, we had that semi final against Manly, and uh, Dean Rampling called the the Henry call. We picked ahead and just started grabbing people, and <laughs> that went well. But it didn't work so well the next week when we did it with the Dragons because they could fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, one in all, and you just had to pick ahead. I remember we had a uh, MK Cup up at Brisbane, and it would, I think the fight lasted for two two minutes. And I was I was really fortunate because I grabbed Brian Needle and they couldn't throw him. And Mick Carberry had Wally Fulton Smith, and he just punched the daylights out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was the luck of the draw too. It was so many funny times. You know, and uh, yeah, if you didn't have to go up training, the boys would get up here. The coaches didn't have to get up here. So, um, yeah, you just don't want to let them down. It was just great. Well, um, just going back to them days, and you mentioned before that you've always liked your fitness. Um, And and I remember you used to do a lot of uh, rowing the boats with with the clubbies. And, and, you know, what was that all about? Like, you know, was it just one of them things that you just love being fit? I've got two loves in my life besides a family, Darren, and that's surfing and everything around the ocean and rugby league. So, um, yeah, I used to row surf boats with Mick Carberry as well, and we'd do it in the off-season. And then towards the finish, knees were getting a bit battered. I've had 13 knee operations, the last two replacements. Um, so I used to do a lot of rowing to keep fit. And actually, I, I still row now, but I row with Boy Boat Crew, and we go on the George Bass. It's a seven-day row. Uh, it's about 190 k's. We follow the George Bass, Bass and Flinders down there. So, yeah, I, I'm still trying that. Still training, doing that. Yeah. Well, mate, I, I was seeing you a couple of weeks ago at the at a function up the juniors, and I think 
you're still in tremendous nick. I think you're 61 years old and you'd have to be one of the fittest 60 plus year olds in, in the world, I think. So what, what's the secret, mate? What can you give us that are all sitting in lockdown and sitting around watching too much telly and drinking too many beers? You're looking at it, mate. Look at me head. I've got to have a decent body. I can't go around with a head like this for too much. Um, I, I think what I've, what I've modelled myself on is um, I don't try to compete with the, the athletes that I train, but I, I just want to have that respect that, that I train hard as well. Um, and then there was, I think it was Penrith was my last club and, um, and uh, Hook, who, who I'm good friends with, Anthony Griffin still, uh, he said, Boyley, I quite like it, but I'm going with my own staff. So Ronnie Palmer, myself, uh, the physio and two other guys, we all didn't get it renewed our contracts. Um, so I thought, oh, well, I started teaching then at ACPE. That's a private university. Um, and I thought it was good. So the good thing about it, I stopped drinking 30 schooners a week with Ronnie Palmer. Um, so that, that helped. And, um, and then I met Peter McLaren. Who is at Bullock Bay Crew and an ex, uh, his brother's an ex Olympic rower. So I just thought, oh, I'm just going to keep training, and, and and I love my surfing, so I still ride a six foot two surfboard. So it's pretty fun. That's trying to, if, and if we don't keep moving, we're going to rust out because there's quite a few injuries we've collected along the way. Where do you surf, boy? Where's your where's your where's your go to spot, mate? Uh, yeah. So we got uh, Wingang Island and wow. uh, a place place called the Farm, but. I live in a little alcove that's bypassed by a lot of people coming down from Sydney. So we've got the river, um, the entrance to Lake Illawarra, and there's a wall there, and yeah, some, some really good breaks with with not not many people. Well, that used to be a quiet spot, the farm, but I think everyone goes down there. Every man and their dog goes to the farm these days, but that, they do. And it's a, yeah, it's a bypass, so a lot of them just follow the the, the bypass down there, and um, they bypass Lake Illawarra and Warilla. So it's 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 pretty good that we don't get so crowded, and it's it's any wind anywhere from south south southerly wind right around to the northeast we still get waves. Yeah, it's, a, it's a beautiful part of the world, mate, down there, and it sounds like yeah. you've been lucky to live there, in and around there for a long time, mate. Now, what are you up to these days, mate? You you spoke at the top of the show there about um you're involved with the referees, mate. Tell us about your role there. Yeah, uh, Bernie Sutton approached me about sixteen months ago and said. Uh, are you interested in looking after the referees? I said, oh, I don't know. I've ignored them for 40 years. <laughs> um, and um, and, he, and he, he didn't hold back. Um, you know, he said that, you know, there were, um, there's eight teams and it, it, it's very complicated because there's eight teams. We have 20, 21 uh, full-time refs and the average age is 38. But... Uh, we need 40 referees a weekend. So we're down to 19 and they've got to double up. So in terms of uh, fitness, they could do anywhere between uh, 24Ks or, or 12Ks a weekend. And they run backwards, the head refs, which is not normal. So they get a lot of lower limb injuries and um, and the touch judges do a lot of lateral movements. So uh, the biomechanics, so there's a lot of these different movement parts. And we've got to fly them on a Thursday to Townsville and they've got to come back on the Sunday and do something down at Cogger and, yeah, and try to look at their loads. Um, so they train very hard and um, they never they never win. So I've been at Wynn Stadium sometimes. We've walked off and the Dragons have won by 30 and they still get booed and, and they live with it. So 
I've got that much respect for him. It's it's unbelievable. Where are you like um, staying up yeah. there? Where are you like staying up there? Obviously, you got big the whole crew is with you, are they? Yeah. So there's three hubs. So you've got one hub down at the Gold Coast, one hub at the Sunshine Coast, and then we're in Brisbane on South Bank, and we're in here with uh, the Dragons and Sharks and West Tigers. Um, so it's been really well. We get three fields that we can choose from, and we just got to share the fields, share the dinner breaks and the meal breaks and things. So it is going quite well. Um, and it's all about keeping the game going. And the bigger picture is for people like yourselves that are stuck at home, uh, you watch it on TV and you can't go to the pub anymore. So you get the beer bought in and you can have a bet. So there's you know, everybody's getting some benefits out of it. Who's the best referee in your opinion at the moment, mate? Uh, well, uh, Jerry Sutton's very good, but there's three that are really vying for it. Um, and it's, it's pretty tough every week. And the nature of them, and, and I'm not talking out of school over here, is that it's very um, very competitive. So, uh, yeah, and they've got to back their decisions because the commission make the rules and then they've got to implement them. And when they implement them, um, you know, like the six tackles again, then the coaches have got to try to come up with new strategies to try to slow down the play the ball. So they're just in a no-win situation. It's like the meat and the sandwich. And a lot of it's interpretive. Um, yeah, so uh, they're pretty resilient with their decision-making and they're unbelievable with their cognitive skills. So we talk about uh, uh, cognitive skills and that might be somebody just coding. And you might talk about... Um, um, the supervisor's got to make that decision, you know, decision being handled down. So there's some uh, emotional areas there that you look at, cognitive and emotional. And then the referees are on the field. They've got to deal with uh, communications from the bunker, from the match day coach, from the two side judges, and, and make up a, um, a decision in the spur of a moment. Um, there's about 13 decisions in the play of the ball too. So it, it becomes really, really uh, cognitive and physically stressful for them. Well, you've, uh, almost made us, you've almost made us like them now, Boyley. <laughs> well, well you, you don't have to like them, but respect. <laughs> no, we got respect from them. Oh, it's a tough job, mate. Yeah. Well, mate, we, have, yeah, we, yeah. we know a lot of the fans like you and they love that you've come on today, mate. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us on Rabbitohs Radio. David Boyle. Okay, and I look forward to catching it up with you at our next function, guys. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. Okay. Bye. Cheers, Take mate. care. Bye, Boyle. Bye-bye. That was good, boys. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. That bit about the refs was very interesting, wasn't it? And that's you know, we yeah. didn't touch on he was a, he was a firebrand back in the day, and like he said, he is, he's he's avoided him for forty years, and now he's working with them, and he's an asset to them. And you can see he is, like I said, he's so fit and. You know, he's a, he's a bit of a rugby league legend. or well, not a bit. He's a rugby league legend. Played Origin. Oh, what? And that try, I still remember the try back in the day, and I watched the replay of it. And like he said, he wasn't used to scoring him because when he fell over, he hurt himself. Yeah, look, yeah, a, a lot of people... Uh, player, Brownie. Yeah, a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, the toughest players that they've played with, and they mentioned the name Les Davidson. But uh, let me tell you, David Boyle was right up there. Um, I've seen... Uh, a clip the other day, I think it might have been Joey Johns, and he said the toughest player that he's ever played against was one man, David Boyle. And, yep. you know, he uh, he led the way 
in, you know, in them early 80s to late 80s for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, along with the Ramplings and the Davidsons and Ian Roberts. And, mm. um, geez, we had a tough pack back in the day. Yeah, well, people talk about our pack and they, you know, they talk about your Ian Roberts and your Bundys, your Les Davidson, but sometimes he might get a bit overlooked. But we don't because we know we were playing alongside him, Brownie. We got to see how good he was. And I look back at that 89 season. He played nearly every game that year in that minor premiership run. And, yeah, so he's, it was a good chat and we're glad he come on and give us his time. And just uh, just on, on his toughness, uh, even though he was tough, he, he was super fit. And I remember in our off-season training when we used to train at Centennial Park, he was always leading leading the, the way, even, you know, with the backs. He, he was one of the fittest players at the club. Uh, our, our trainer, Bobby Jimman, used to love him because, you know, he was one of the hardest workers there. And, yeah, just a champion fellow, you know, on and off the field. Well done, Boyley. Yeah, it's great to have him on. A one-club Rabbitoh, played all his games for the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs and, and most of all, mate, he's a surfer. Yeah. I forget. Well, I've never seen him out there surfing, but I'm not that I've been surfing all along very much, but we might have to catch up for a wave there around the hook one day. Loves his waves. What's he ride, chaps? A six-foot what? No, he said he's had a six-two, yeah. That's a pretty uh, – he's riding a shortboard, that means, yeah. He's still still mixing it up for, for like his age to be still riding a shortboard. Hats off and, to him. And you see, you've seen him with a singlet on there. I mean, is this a podcast? But we we are doing it at Zoom. And, geez, he looks in good nick. You have the singlet on. None of us have got the <laughs> singlets on. No. <laughs> All right, let's head to a break. He is up on the Gold Coast and we're, we're in Sydney. Yeah, we're in the weather's Sydney. a bit better up there. So we'll head to a break here on Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Now, Rabbitohs Radio was brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs. Export Freight Systems and NG Farrell Real Estate. They're all good Aussie companies, so please support them. And there's a link on our episode webpage so you can go and visit those sponsors and help them because they help us. We're going to roll into Remembering a Rabbitoh brought to you by Export Freight Systems with thanks to South Historian, our man, Bradley Ryder. Chaps, take us away. Just before we kick off with uh, Gary Stevens, it is this week, by the way. Greg Mackey, um, I just bumped into a mate of mine, Chris, down the beach today, and he said Greg Mackey, when he was 16, had the choice to, he was a very good hockey player, field hockey player, and he had the choice to to go over and um, take that up professionally and could have could have played for Australia at the Olympics, Greg Mackey. We left that out last week, so mm. that's how talented old Bobby uh, was. Yeah, and I think someone else, I forget the name, who said now they, they knew Greg Mackey and they didn't know that he had passed away till he started watching, till he listened to our episode. So, and people are, are really enjoying our Remembering Rabbitoh. Becca, you can it's her favourite segment because we talk about past Rabbitohs and the history of the club and we really enjoy putting it together. And this one's a good one, Gary Stevens, because we're going to get his son Brad on in a little while. Yeah. Gary Stevens. On the 4th of January, 1944, Gary grew up in Pagewood. It's a suburb only a few minutes' drive from Maribor Beach, where, where he served as a youngster. Now, Gary's father came from Broken Hill and didn't play football, never played it at all. But his grandfather, Arthur Oxford, who played for the Rabbitohs between 1915 and 1921, was, was a rugby league legend. So he used to look at... Um, his, great, his grandfather's scrapbook. And 
Anyway, he went to school at St. Charles Primary School up there in Waverley, and then went to Waverley College in high school. But he pulled out of school at 14 to take up an apprenticeship with his old man, builder. So he brushed footy, and he was just playing. He was just surfing on the weekends down there at Maribor Beach, his beloved Maribor Beach. And it was just starting to be a real growing sport in the 60s, early 60s there. And his older brother, Wayne, enticed him back to the game. So you've got to come back and play footy for um, Pedro, which is a former junior South Juniors club, but they're not around anymore, boys. Not sure if you guys remember Pedro. No, I don't. No. no. No, they must have been gone before we started playing for the juniors. Anyway, you got a little bit like Lauriston. Maybe I might have to do some research on, on that uh, that club and come up with yeah. some information. Yeah, well, I only remember him, uh, obviously, Pedro Maris, but I don't remember playing against him in the juniors, that's for sure. Anyway, he went, he went good. He got straight into it in the first year and got picked in the President's Cup. He also played for Chelsea Boys as well, another club that's not... I don't think they've got too many teams anymore, Chelsea. So, Bob McCarthy yeah. played for Chelsea. Yep. Yeah, Blake Solly's dad did as well. Yes. Shout out to Chelsea old mates on Facebook. They're a good supporter of the show. Now, yeah. have we got Brad in the waiting room? We gonna, will you want to bring him in or will we want to keep going? Yeah, let's bring him in and let's get some him. stories. Be good. He's old man. Yeah. You're his son, Brad Stevens. Yeah, yeah. And... Are you there, Brad? Making the audio. Hey. There he is. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, Brownie, how are you, boys? Good. How are you, Brad? All right, mate? Uh, mate, having a quick crash course in IT to Savo. <laughs> I'm well, mate. Yeah, and we're with Grant Chappell. Right, this is Chaps. Hello, Brad Chaps. Hey, Chaps, how are you, mate? You're not too bad. Good, mate. Now, we We've already started just talking a about, chat about that, mate. Yeah, and we'll just carry on where we're up. Well, what first of all, we'll start with you. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your memories of your dad growing up? Uh, mate, just you know, he was a he was I was born the year that he kind of got picked for South, so it was all just second nature for me, you know. He's always been a football player, and yeah, the mighty Rabbitohs. So, yeah, that was the old school days, mate. We used to go out to the old ovals, and you know watch the players and then jump on the field at half time and full time and all that, you know, it was good, good times, you know, I used to get fortunate enough to get taken back into the, uh, the dressing sheds a lot. And, um, you know, people like Bob McCarthy and Ronnie Coote and all the great players of that era were just like family type of to us back then, you know, Clive Churchill, the coach and, and all that. So I, you know, kind of took it for granted in a sense at the time, you don't realize how, how lucky, that I was and the family was, you know, when you get older and realise, you know, they were just complete superstars and that dad and uh, was fortunate enough to play with that great side in that great era. And we just mentioned your, your great-grandfather, Arthur Oxford. He's a rugby league yeah, legend. Yeah, Arthur Oxford. And your uncle Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So there's some pedigree in the family, but just tell me the story you were telling me the other day about your, your great-grandfather. Uh, yeah, Arthur Oxford. He, he, he played with the Rabbitohs for, I think, around 1915, 16. Uh, through the mid twenties or something, you know, but he, he was a bit of a superstar, a goal kicking front rower. Uh, <laughs> he actually held the uh, consecutive uh, kicks, goal kicks. I think it was about twenty three at the time, and it lasted for fifty five years until uh, the mighty Mick Cronin 
come along and beat it. But the, you know, you can imagine the old days with those old boots and those old bloody balls and that trying to kick, you know, and, and the old the weather with the the mud and all that trying to kick clean through. You know, oh, you know, it must have been some type of feat. That's why I think it lasted 55 years. You know. Yeah. And um, but uh, yeah, my great grandfather played for South and and the Roosters, and he played for uh, New South Wales and and Australia. And um, he went on to coach too. I think he coached uh, Eastern Suburbs second grade with uh, Dave Brown, and that, that I think they had a mighty side back then in 1948. And the great yeah. Dave Brown and all that played too. So well, that, yeah, think- we used to call him Dada, and he was a he was alive until I was about 16, and that's so he used to come out, take me out the football to watch Dad play. Yeah, right. Well, I think yeah, chaps yeah. come up with this. Yeah. Just getting back to Dad, chaps said that when your dad played for Australia, that was the first father and son combo to play for Australia, chaps. Yeah, uh, grandfather, uh, grandfather, grandfather. Grand, yeah, grandfather and and oh, grandfather grandson. And yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So yeah, he went. He went. He, he played. I think he played. In, in 1919 against New Zealand and, uh, and, and getting 1924. I mean, you could probably, as a, his football jump was in that behind me on the wall. Four, uh, test, four tests for Australia, I think I looked it up. Four tests for he? Australia. Yeah. Uh, between 1915 and 1927, yeah. So he's a, he's a fair player by the, by the sounds of it, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, before our time. But yeah, he's, he's got all the, all the records and that. Mm. Uh, you mentioned just before, Brad, that, uh, you know, Ronnie Coote and Bob McCarthy and uh, they're all, Still to this day, great mates, and uh, um, yeah. you, you've got holiday houses down the coast, and uh, you've been affected, you know, from the fires down there. How how's all that coming about, and um, you know, w- with the families down there? Yeah, it was a tough time, mate, for for the families. You know, we were one of the lucky families. We kind of um, didn't get too any damage with the fires, and that. I mean, mum, your dad, and that were kind of trapped in a dollar dollar. When the fires come, they got separated for three or four days from from mum and uh, and my nephew and that. You know, they were stuck in the house. The helicopter actually had to come and and bomb the house to kind of stop it from was just about to take off. But uh, Cootie and um, and uh, John O'Neill's wife Claire and that that family they lost their houses and that. You know, and uh, as many people know, it's just terrible, devastating. You know, and for so many families and that down the down the south coast. You know, and uh, yeah, it was hard, mate. You know, so mum's still a bit affected by it. Um, she's not keen to get back down there and that, you know, a bit traumatised and that. And, um, yeah, you know, and they're a strong community, the Lake and Jola people down there. It's not the first time that they've had the fires and that, but uh, we've been going down there since 1975 and it's as bad as I've seen down there yeah. and that. So, yeah. Mm. Mate, I, I know you're you're living up the coast now, but you, you're back in Sydney for a little time. And, yep. uh, it's you know, it's well documented that your dad's not well. How are you going <laughs> uh, these days? Yeah, mate, he, he struggled, mate. He's, he's, you know, he's got that, uh, you know, we believe it's the CTE from the knocks to the head, mate. You know, it's it's kind of showing the classic symptoms and that. And, um, you know, he's had it for a few years and he's been able to fumble through things and that. But the last few months, he's starting to get pretty deteriorated a lot. You know, he still remembers who I am and mum and, and his immediate family. He's, he's got 15 grandkids. It's a bit hard to keep up with them. And, and he's, you know, three or four great grandkids. But he's, he's really lost at the moment, mate. It's really hard to watch. What about yeah, um, obviously um, before before he suffered from that illness, mate? Yeah. What sort of um, stories has he told you about the 1970 and 1971 grand finals, mate? Must be some some good memories there. Yeah, yeah. He just mate, he just loved it. You know, he he played football like a lot of them back in those days, just for the sake of playing football. He didn't care about the money or the fame or anything, mate. And he just he just loved it, you know. And um, 
you know, the, the two getting fortunate enough to play in the two first grade grand finals. He played in a few in second grade too, but those two famous grand finals, you know, um, but the, we all know the one in where Sattler broke his jaw and that, and um, that was fantastic to be part of it. And then, you know, 71 was, uh, you know, I think Dad had a really good game in that game, watching the old footage and going back. He, he played really good in that. And, uh, you know, it was South's last grand final up until 2014. So it was, yeah, it was good, mate. He's, he, he loves, you know, his memory was good of all the all the games and that, and uh, he just cherished those times, you know. And fitness, yeah, fitness was a massive part of his game. Like he, he was lifting weights when it was unfashionable. I was just reading up um, in, in in the yeah. glory glory book, and and he used to train down at a place called Billy Moore's gym at Mascot. And That's he right, said that yeah. I like to I like to get strong and fit so I could pick people up and dump them on their heads. <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty much his tackling style, eh? I mean, I think back and Dad used to be considered a very clean type of player, but I think in the mod band today, the way he used to pick him up and speed drive him into the ground, I think he'd be, <laughs> he wouldn't be lasting too long in the, in the competition this year with that change in his style. But he loved his tackling and, um, you know, Dad Dad was um very determined, dedicated player. That's probably what got him to the heights that he did play, his, his tenacity, to, his ability to train and just work hard, you know. Probably didn't have the uh, the flair that the Coots and McCarthy's and that had, but um, you know, you know, Dad Dad went all right with the ball too. But he he focused on being the fittest player player he could be, and and his defence. You know, we, we was a, you, you just mentioned uh, the the gym at mascot there, and and when I was a yep. young bloke coming through the grades, there was another gym uh, in Coogee up on the hill, Giles's gym. Yeah, the old yeah, Giles. Tell little, yeah, tell us a little bit about Giles. Yeah, yeah, good times at Giles's, mate, as you probably remember, mate, and a few of the boys. Um, yeah, Dad and Lurch, don't know, Neil bought that, oh, God, must have been about 76, 77 and that, you know, when I was a kid going to high school and uh, it was a bit of a rundown gym and that, and, you know, I think they poured a lot of money into it. They didn't get much out of it, but it was a, a bit of a hobby, you know, and uh, and Dad loved it, mate. He just loved it, especially after football. That was his kind of home away from home and... Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think there's too many people in the area that haven't haven't spent a few sessions down there at uh, the old Giles, as you know. We've all got memories down there. There's a lot of colourful characters down there and uh, yeah. a lot of good times, mate, you know. It's a shame, it's a shame <laughs> that uh, they had to get pulled down, mate, you know, but the council thought that they didn't want to give him another uh, renew the lease. Mm. He had it for about 25 years. 20 years they had a lease and they let him stay there year to year for five years and he wanted to renew it. He wanted to spend a bit of money on it. Fix it all up and, uh, you know, maybe make a little restaurant and everything there, which would have been fantastic. But the council deemed it, you know, they didn't want it. They said it was a bit of an eyesore and mm. and uh, they pulled it down, unfortunately. And speaking of Lurch and, and, sorry, speak, speaking of Lurch and, and, their, and their partnership in, in that gym, they were, also, they were also partners in a building company, weren't they? That's correct, mate. That's correct, Brownie. Yeah, they... Um, I mean, they're both kids when they got called up to South. Our Lord's from Gunnedah and, and Daddy, you know, 19, 20 years of age, and they're both carpenters. And so they just started getting work and, and they worked together. And, mate, they're both, they, they, they work the same way as they play football, you know. They just went 100 mile an hour. They loved it, you know. And those days to work in, the, in your own business in the building trade, train three nights a week and then play football on the weekend and get up and do it all again on the Monday, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was just... You know, they, they were terrific. And they did. They had a long uh, long partnership and a long friendship. And and uh, Dad and uh, John's John's wife, Claire, now has still got a few interest in, in a few things. And they've got a property down at, uh, at um, Botty there and big warehouse and that that they've got together and, you know, and, and friends for life and blah, blah, blah. We see, you know, there's all the old South family, the kids and that. We're like family. And, 
and that, but yeah, yeah Dan Lurch had a, a good career and a long career with the, with the building trade. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, good time. She was a, a character old John O'Neill, especially to work for. Mate, I, um, Rick Stone told us told me a story. I used to live with Rick Stone, and I think they were working at the Norfolk Hotel. Uh, Stoney yeah. was a, a carpenter himself, uh, just a young bloke, and uh, he was working in one room, and uh, next minute a head came through the gyprock wall. I think Lurch yeah. put the... Uh, yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。Yeah。
they're like gods to us, you know. So I'm really glad we did Kaz today. And uh, you know, shout out to you, mate. We, we all love you here on Rabbitohs Radio and throughout the South Sydney community. Yeah. Probably fitting that we spoke, to, spoke about Gary on remembering a Rabbitoh this week. And we also had Hooky Boyle on both players um, that just built their whole game on fitness. Yeah. Yep. True. I, I, I mean, there was one story I did read about Gary. They told him, you don't train the day before the games, okay? Everyone have a rest. And he, he said, that's ridiculous. So he used to train just as hard the day before as he would any other day. Yeah. And he ended up racking up, he ended up, racking up 56 tackles in one game. Uh, <laughs> it ended up being a record at the time. It's not a record now, but back then, uh, that's the sort of condition he would get himself into. A little bit of my pre-game uh, warm-up chaps, my game preparation, a couple of 800s. Slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, boys, we'll, move yeah. we'll move on to uh, NRL News. NRL News brought to you by NG Farrow Real Estate. Now, I just got a message from Glenn, and he's indicated to me that the property market is on fire, boys. Uh, for anyone out there that's thinking of selling or buying, they've just actually recently sold 20 properties in seven days. So if you think properties aren't selling due to what's going on in the world, COVID, uh, the auctions, they're similar to what we're doing now. They Zoom their auctions. So it's all still systems go full steam ahead in the property market and they're achieving some great results uh, with NG Farrow Real Estate. So if you're thinking of selling, give them a call. So in a real had a good result on Beecham Road there, Brownie, this week. I think, man, you were talking about it yesterday. Um, just down there on Beecham Road, not too far from Duffy's Corner there. And they got about a $2.5 million there for a four-bedroom property. So The great um, man, Cameron Early. Yep. Cameron Early, mate. He's going great gallons, Cameron. And speaking of Beecham Road, keep, keep an eye out for our banner. We've got one there in Beecham Road. And I just had a message from our mate Phil Colley, who saw our banner up at Forrester's Beach. Thank you to Brendan Talisky, BT. You're a legend. We had him. We've got him on for Fan Friday. Uh, you know, he's, he's a good man. He loves you, DB. Big DB. He's a big fan of Big DB. <laughs> yes, um, so yes, South sit one win behind the Storm and Penrith in the race to the final. So we are in contention for the minor premiership. For and against is against us, but the Storm play Penrith next week. So it's not out of the possibility for us to be there on top of the comp at the end. Well, Penrith weren't looking too good yesterday, boys. I don't know if you've seen that. They had 66 missed tackles. They only just stuck home. Um, they quite easily could have been beaten yesterday. So they're, they're, um, they've got the wobbly boot. I mean, all this stuff with uh, upside Coruscant coming out, uh, the missing Cleary. There's a little little bit um, a little bit shaky up, up there at the foot of the mountains. So they're a team yeah, that we can um, come after. Yeah, they've got a few distractions at the moment, chaps, uh, the Penny Panthers. Like you just said, Coruscant, uh, with what's going on with him, he's got a two-week suspension. Nathan Cleary, he's got, you know, still out for a further couple of weeks. Um, I believe Fisher Harris is going to go home for the birth of his baby. Um, admittedly, they've got Pangai Jr. coming into their system. But, yeah, like you said, a few distractions, uh, the wobbly boot. And if we could go on a bit of a, a winning spree, I mean, we've won seven in a row now. Um, but the Melbourne Storm are still, you know, they're still chomping away up there. I think they've won 15 in a row. They're going to be hard to run down, but if they can, I'm going to get my bold prediction, number two correct, by winning the minor premiership. Yep, well, 
Yeah, well, we shall see. And mine so far, I said we wouldn't get beat after the round 13 bye. That's so far coming true. But look, let's just keep doing what we're doing. If we keep playing like we did yesterday, completing sets like that and marching down the field, scoring these spectacular tries, we can beat anybody. We have Latrell Mitchell on fire like that and our spine performing like they've been doing. You know, you can't discount us, even, even against the storm. We can beat that mob. He is a beast, Latrell Mitchell. He is one hell of a player. I think early in the game, he grabbed the ball from Dovey Half and then about a 15, 20 metre hit up. It was only for a couple of minutes into the game. And that's something he never used to do at the, at the Russo. I'm not saying because he's came to South, he, he's become a better player, but them, them tough carries he never used to do. He just used to be out the back waiting for the ball to come to him. But now he, t- he goes to the game, boys. And He's just, yeah, it's exciting. And I've still got in the back of my head what he told me at a function probably about oh, 12 months ago. He said, I will bring a premiership to the South Sydney Rabbitohs next year. And, you know, we're looking good. And he might get my prediction right. I said South will win the premiership 13 plus. So I know I, went, I was pretty bold, but anyway, I'm, I'm sticking to that one. That's that. We all get it right. <laughs> So we'll just finish up oh. with the preview of the Dragons Clash. Now, they're going up to, you said it before, chaps, they're going up to Brown Park. I don't know if that's named after you, Big DB, but uh, it's at Rocky, 3 p.m. I don't know what sort of a ground that is, but I'm sure it'll be a blockbuster clash. Now, it's 700 kilometres up the coast from the Goldie, so I reckon Rockhampton Town will be pretty stoked to get a dragons Rabbitohs clash Saturday, 3 p.m. And just yeah. on that, boys, as we speak live... They're behind 14 points to six to the Gold Coast Titans, the Dragons, just after the half time. There you go. They've got to rest players. Well, not rest players, but they've got to um, sit players out from that suspension they incurred with the, the COVID breach down there at Shell Harbour. So, I mean. Well, I think it's Corey's Norman. Corey Norman's turn this week. So, who knows who it's going to be next week? It might be Ben Hunt, hopefully. Yeah, well, I heard that they're going to, the centres will be resting next week. So, they're going to be, they're going to be depleted. Next week, we've got to play them twice in the run home. And I don't think even at full strength, they would trouble us. So that's that's quite encouraging. But we'll just take it one week at a time. I know it's a cliche, but we've got to go up there and get the job done, chaps. Well, Ben Hunt will be playing because he, he wasn't part of the suspension crew. He was in the Queensland Origin sure. camp. So he's, not, he's yeah. one of the guys. That, I think he chose not to go. I think I, I read an article that he chose to be at home with his family because he was going to go to Origin. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean... It, they're going to lose a bit of first-grade quality next week. And we've seen the Warriors on the weekend who have been performing outstanding all year, been really gritty. They could not handle the South Sydney forward pack, the, the power game through the middle, our halves making the correct decisions at the end of sets. Mate, um, I think it'll be a, should be should be a big win to the Monty South Sydney Rabbitohs up there, the home of one of the great recruitment officers of all time, Wayne Bennett's right-hand man, Cyril Connell. He's from Rockhampton, and he found... Um, he found all sorts of players. Darren Lockyer, the Wendell Sailors of the world, the Lottie Takiris. He found all them great players at Brisbane uh, dominated through the early 90s, late 90s and early 2000s, boys. Yeah, it's really exciting times um, for the Rabbitohs. And like you said, chaps, we're going up there to, to Rocky. Um, Wayne Bennett's got a lot of, you know, connection up there. And um, I'm really happy for where we're sitting at the moment. And, Wayne Bennett has been in this position many, many times before, and he's just so experienced that 
uh, this run into the semi-finals and he knows what to do and how to prepare his team. And he's got some great staff behind him with Benny Hornby and, and JD. And our squad's healthy. We've got a couple of players coming back from injury over the next few weeks and really looking forward to it. Touch wood, we, we don't get too many injuries uh, going into the semis, but... You know, I'm really excited. A lot of people aren't giving us much hope. They're talking about the, the Penrith and the Melbourne storm. But let me tell you, mate, beware of the mighty rabbit eye. Yeah, well, we've got Junior Totola to come back into this squad, boys. I think he can't be due back this week, Junior. You've also got Harme Sello recovering from a calf injury. So even if we do happen to take the early plea with Cam Murray and he misses a few weeks, we've got two more middles coming back who... I'm more than capable of getting that job done. And, and that's where we've been outstanding this year. We're not getting much credit for the mainstream media, for the squad we've built and, and, and how well the, our forward pack's playing. They keep talking about all these other teams. Don't you worry. The South Sydney Rabbitohs are in that top two or three forward packs in the game, if not the best. And the depth is outstanding at this club uh, with all the recruitment we've done. And, and look, I mean, there's a little bit of hysteria out there. We lost a couple of players here and there. Veteran guys in their 30s, don't worry about that. We've got a plan here at the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and it's a plan to keep us competitive for the next 10 or 20 years. Correct. Have faith. Well, before we Trust wrap it up, we've still got our Rabbitohs stubby holders, two for $20 plus postage. There'll be a link. How good are they? They're, they're, good. they're good quality. Sitting have a beer in, in, in isolation. and So help us out there. Don't forget to rate and review. Stubby Paylor. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Chappie Parlour. There could be something in that chapter. This could be can we buy shares in that or the Chappie Parlour? Anyway, oh, but you, you got to go, you got a bit of a snack there from the brownie. Through the show, my daughter come in, she cooked baked a little chocolate cake. So oh. I've been sitting there staring that out. Once we once we sign off here, I'm gonna hose straight into that one, boys. Yeah, so take around the grounds, boys. 20 to 6 to the Titans have just scored again. Nice. So rate and review. Please subscribe to our Rabbitohs TV YouTube channel. And we'll catch you next week. Rabbitohs Radio was proudly brought to you by What If. It's Aussie. Don't forget the top four. Oh, and don't forget to listen to the top four, Shannon, Ello, and Jez. What a great show. Our sister show, or brothers. And we'd have to get on for a little six-way Zoom soon. That's got to be on the cards, because I reckon that'd be great. See you all later. And go the mighty Rabbitohs. Thanks for listening to Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off selected hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel.